Hi, I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and welcome back to Healing Quest. This is your Healthy Lifestyle Show. Our focus here is uh, the latest in new ways of achieving holistic wellness and optimum health. And we have one of those innovative new ways for you today. It, it comes from Dr. Norman Rosenthal, a renowned psychiatrist and researcher. Dr. Rosenthal is best known for defining seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD, which we've talked a lot about here on Healing Quest. What he's known for is pioneering the use of light therapy to treat it. And now Dr. Rosenthal has created a new psychotherapy tool. It's a book that uses the power of poetry to heal body, mind, and soul. He's joining us now from his home base in the Washington, D.C. area. Hi, Dr. Rosenthal. Welcome to Healing Quest. Hi, Dr. Rosenthal. So great to be here. It's great to have you with us. Uh, We're really looking forward to this conversation today. First of all, congratulations on the book. Uh, What's it called and what's it about? (laughs) It's called Poetry Rx, How 50 Inspiring Poems Can Heal, Bring Joy to Your Life. I love that. How did you come up with the the 50 poems to, to put in the book? Well, over my lifetime, I've collected poems that have been very meaningful to me that have consoled me, comforted me, given me joy at certain pivotal points in my life. And serendipitously, I came across the discovery, probably not my discovery, but, you know, it's like discovering a new restaurant. You haven't actually discovered it, but (laughs) for you, it's like a discovery because it's brand new. And that's how it's been with me and my patients who have responded to particular poems. When this or that circumstance would arise, I would think about a poem. I've always loved poetry. I would think about a poem that might help them. And to my surprise and delight, often it did. And so over the years, I gathered a whole bunch of poems together. And then when I thought of putting them together, it was hard to pare them down to 50 because there are so many wonderful poems. But these are divided into five different categories. And so 50 seemed like a good number. More would have been too many and fewer would have shortchanged the great treasury that we have. So so how do you use the poems with your patients? Well, one poem, for example, is by Rumi. Out beyond ideas of wrongfulness and rightfulness, there is a field. That's how it starts. And what it basically says is, Let's not worry about who's right and who's wrong. Let's find common ground here. And so often, that's an issue with my patients, maybe a husband and wife, and they come to me as though I'm the judge in a courtroom having to adjudicate the rights and wrongs, and I educate them that that's not my role. Uh, My role is to help them rediscover what brought them together in the first place and keep them together, (laughs) not to decide who's right and who's wrong. And and it's a sort of curious notion to them, but so brilliantly expressed in this very short poem by the genius of Rumi. That's one of my favorite Rumi poems. And um, I I say that often, there's a field and I'll meet you there, you know, so... (laughs) Lovely, so beautiful, isn't it? It's just it, it, it is. no preconditions. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there, right? So you've been quoted as saying that poetry can serve as both a, a balm and a vaccine for the soul. And 
I I love the definition of a vaccine for the soul, especially since we're all sort of focused on vaccines these days. Is that how it it it, it worked in your life? You know, it did because you know a balm is something that soothes you in the moment. A vaccine is something that stays in your system and comes to the fore when you most need it. And I remember when I was leaving South Africa, I came across an obscure poem, but a wonderful one called Letter to My Mother. It's by a Nobel Prize winning poet called Salvador Quasimodo. And um, it is about uh, a young man who went north, left his mother in the south of Italy, and now realizes that she's aging and writes to her, thanking her and recognizing that she's not going to be long with them and how that evokes so many feelings in him. And when I was leaving South Africa, I felt really quite badly and guilty about the people I had left behind. I was going to an exciting new life in North America and they were staying behind and we would not see each other very often. And I realized that what would happen is what has happened this last year is that probably when my mother died, I would not be there at her bedside. It just wouldn't be feasible, probably. And we talked about that. And I think that's what's happened in this aid, uh, in this pandemic. That's what's happened in this COVID-19 pandemic is that dear ones could not be at the bedside of the loved one. And so this poem was like a vaccine and it sat in my mind and I would recite it to myself and it comforted me again and again. I shared it with other people. And so that's what I mean by that. Well, it, I, I, I love that definition. You know, you're a, a clinical professor of psychiatry at, at Georgetown Medical School in D.C. What's been the reaction of your colleagues to, to, you, to, to you using poetry as a psychotherapy tool? Well, it's, it's interesting. So far, they haven't yet had a chance to react because the book is only just coming out. No. But I say that I did immunize myself with light therapy. <laughs> Because when light therapy first came out, when we first innovated it and described seasonal affective disorder, people, many people thought it was quite funny. I remember a colleague calling me to the side at a conference and saying, let's stand under the light because I'm feeling a little depressed, you know, like it was a big joke. Yeah. And now it's a mainstream treatment. So after teasing me and giving me a hard time with light therapy, and that being vindicated, uh, I went on to talk about the value of meditation uh, or the value of Botox for depression. And all of these have been validated. And now my clinical impressions and my understanding and even my reading of the literature, there's science behind it as well, tells me that this is really potent stuff and we really need to know about it. And we should broaden our lens and look at the whole patient and look at the context and look at the background, not just the lab results. Right. Well, you're, you're, you're addressing the mind, body, and the spirit. And that, that yes. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you can't really heal anything without addressing all three of those. You know, that's always been that's our right. belief. 
If you're just joining us, I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Crest, and we're speaking with Dr. Norman Rosenthal about his new book that uses the power of poetry for psychotherapy. So, Dr. Rosenthal, in the few minutes that remain, I, I'm just curious, how would you like your book to be used by people who aren't in therapy? Well, the nice thing about the book is that it casts a very broad net and it is very practical. With each poem, I give certain takeaways. What can you learn from this poem that you can take and use in your own life? How can this poem make your life better? So because I know not everybody can go to therapy, nor everybody needs to go to therapy, I've wanted to take poems that were potent and show exactly how they can help. I remember one time my son coming to me and asking me whether he could go on New Year's Eve and ride with some kid who's had a number of accidents before. And I said, no. And he said, why not? I said, read this poem. And I showed him Musée de Beaux-Arts by W.H. Auden, which talks about how tragedy occurs in a moment unexpectedly. And I said, that's how people die suddenly, unexpectedly. And it might seem all very well ahead of time, but this guy's had a number of accidents already. And no, we'll all have New Year's Eve together. And then he called me years later when he had that poem in his college course. And he said, guess what? They've given us to study in poetry. And we <laughs> laughed together, thinking back at that incident. <laughs> Uh, that's a wonderful tool. <laughs> as, 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 uh, poetry is a parenting tool. Uh, I, I like it. Um, well, do you do you have a favorite poem or two you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Well, yes. Um, you know, it's spring and the daffodils are out. So I really couldn't resist reading daffodils. So if I may, I will read it now. Da lovely. Thank you. Daffodils by William Wordsworth. I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high or vales and hills, when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils, beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze, continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle in the Milky Way, they stretched in never-ending line along the margin of the bay. 10,000 saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A poet could not but be gay in such a jocund company. I gazed and gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. For oft when on my couch I lie in vacant or in pensive mood, they flash upon that inward eye which is the bliss of solitude. And then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, oh, that's it's so a beautiful. Perfect it's for so, today. It is. It is. When I'm out Spring. on my right, I'm, when I'm out on my walks, the daffodils are all dancing, and and and, and they, they do seem like they're smiling sometimes. You know, what, what a wonderful poem. Well, what a pleasure to get to to meet you on this call and to discuss poetry. I know I. Um, I was interviewing um, Sarah Wilson a few weeks ago, and she she has a new book out called "This This One Wild and Precious Life," which is you know from Mary a poem Oliver. from Mary Oliver, uh, and 
And one of the things she talks about in her book is deep reading and poetry and how that is uh, that is that takes us to this place inside that that begins to fill us up again. And I think that's what I'm hearing you say, that it is. Um, it's a very deep and soulful connection, really. Yeah, I guess that. Yes. Yes. And 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 so many of us forget about poetry. I mean, I don't think it's as popular today, and maybe you're going to bring that back. I hope so. I think it's ready for a resurgence. I was just going to say thank you for curating the book and also uh, and, and organizing it in a way where, where there's a takeaway uh, in each chapter that's designed for us to get. I can't wait to get it in your hands because the other thing I've done is I've taken a little bio of every poet and I've connected that bio with a poem. So I've shown how it makes an integrated whole. You can see how that poem authentically arose from that particular poet. Um, it's, it's so much fun. Oh, it's that, that sounds beautiful. And, you know, authenticity is what we need so much more of in the world today. So, uh, well, again, congratulations. Thank you. You know, next month is May is Mental Health Awareness Day. I know. So to, towards Memorial Day, I would love to share with you a poem uh, by the Russian poet Anna Akhmatova, who was terribly traumatized during the Stalinist era. And I've included a poem in my collection that talks about the effects of trauma, because PTSD and meditation for PTSD has been a huge interest of mine. And now I see poetry as another tool in that regard. We would love to have you back and uh, on a Memorial Day show, and uh, because we, you know, we know all know how our veterans are suffering so much with PTSD, so many of them, and and uh, anything we could do to help. So, so that would good. We have something to look forward to. Absolutely, <laughs> what a pleasure to meet you both, and thank you for having me on your show. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next month. Thanks, Dr. Rosenthal. We've been speaking with Dr. Norman Rosenthal about his new book entitled Poetry Rx, How 50 Inspiring Poems Can Heal and Bring Joy to Your Life. The collection is scheduled to be released on May 4th, and we thought we would uh, bring this to you today since April is National Poetry Month. You can find out more about uh, Dr. Rosenthal's book and his work in general at the website normanrosenthal.com. Well, up next in the show, I'm going to be sharing an excerpt from my latest Wild Woman Wisdom podcast uh, this week. I'm talking about the challenge of hitting the wall. So I don't know if that's happening for any of you, but just in case uh, you've kind of felt some of that wobble lately, uh, stick around. And remember, podcasts of this and other Healing Quest shows are available at our website, HealingQuest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HealingQuest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio. Radio.